Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of OA News Overtime. I'm Jordan Hill with Justin Lee, as always. Jordan Hill, as always. What's up? How are we doing? Doing good. The bye week is in sight, but before we get there, man, big big game on the road, big Bro. early game on the road. You know, Jordan, I, I feel like we say this every week, but I feel like we're going to learn more about our Auburn Tigers after this game. I swear we really have, but, like, <laughs> but this time we mean this it. This time I like, mean it. We really mean it. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, you look at Arkansas is in a dead heat with Ole Miss, so you maybe get an idea of how the Ole Miss game is going to go. Uh, I think I just feel like you get a little bit better idea so I'm kind of looking forward to uh, kind of getting this game done with and going, in, going into the bye week, kind of evaluating, you know, where Auburn football is because we don't know. No, and it changes. It fluctuates. The yeah. Life in the SEC is all about ups and downs and trying to survive, basically. Yeah. Um, before we kind of talk a little bit about Auburn, Arkansas, hmm. going back, 34-10, Georgia beat Auburn on Saturday. Sure. Any lingering thoughts, anything that you've had time to kind of think about that sort of is still stuck in your mind as we get ready for this next game? No, I thought Auburn would cover, and I thought they should have. Uh, I was, you know, underwhelmed by the performance, mm-hmm. much much like the Penn State game earlier when I thought Penn State should have won that game. I didn't think that Auburn should have won that game. Auburn should have won that game, yeah. And uh, Sean Clifford went 38-41 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Played like a video game. In much the same way, I thought Auburn – I thought Auburn would lose, but by 12 or so. And I thought uh, Auburn could have performed better. Uh, you know, we go back to a home field advantage matters. Um, it was true on Saturday. The Magic just happened to be in Kyle Field in College Station instead of here in Auburn. But, uh, hey, man, the home field advantage matters. You saw Florida keep up with Alabama when they were at home. And uh, Texas A&M keep up with Alabama. And I, I thought Auburn could keep up with Georgia better than it did, uh, but it didn't. My biggest thing, which several of us on the beat wrote about this week, was the receivers. Yes. That's the thing. They, I know Pro Football Focus had them at about seven drops. I've seen a few people. Again, I, I, you know, to be truthful, I didn't go back and count the drops, but multiple people said, oh, it's more like double digit, you know, and you could probably go here and there. But mm-hmm. receiver play has just left a lot to be desired. Other than, like, Kobe sure. Hudson – you know, like it just seems like this group as a whole is underwhelming. And, and I talked about this today on a couple of the radio shows I've talked on getting ready for the Arkansas game. You know, you can kind of understand why there was frustration on Brian Harson's side and was like, hey, we need to make a change. Now, you could, you know, argue the benefits sure. and, and if it was the right time. but And the recruiting. Yes. I mean, there are, <laughs> there are obviously different, you know, angles and implications of a move. Sure, sure. But these receivers are, are underwhelming. And right. they're not going to – if you keep playing like this, mm-hmm. you know, there's been a few people talking about, well, Auburn's still alive in the SEC West – Brother, if they keep playing like this, they're not going to be as especially not a lot the receivers. for a bowl game, brother. <laughs> I mean, you you have to have, you know, people want to criticize Bo Nix, and at times it's fair. Sure, but he can't catch the balls he's throwing. No. I'm thinking of a specific one, and it was several different receivers. It was not one guy, mm-hmm. but it might have been a fourth down when he hit Shedrick Jackson on a slant, uh-huh. and Shedrick should have called it yep. and didn't. Yep, and it's like. That's the difference, and that was the big thing that I wrote from my gamer, was the opportunities were there, maybe not to win the game. Sure. But definitely not to lose 34-10. to 10. Sure, sure. No, I agree with you. I do think they should have created more opportunities. Um, I mean, you almost saw me break my laptop over my knee when it's over here, run the freaking ball, Tank gets one red zone carry, and it's a touchdown. I'm like, 
No, like I, I tweeted on Saturday, you know, people people on both sides of that rivalry now have, you know, had yeah. complaints about buying Bobo, and right. it's just the nature of it. But but wonder, yeah. I mean, are they are the receivers performing well in practice to where you have this faith in them? Why aren't you just running the ball? I don't understand. I don't understand it. But listen, whenever, you know, it's never going to look pretty. When you get blown out by the number one team in the country, yeah, which and we and we knew going Georgia in, became the number one team in the country. Yeah, and we knew going in that running the ball against that Georgia front was sure. going to be very very difficult. Sure, but you know, and I think about in 2018. I don't know if you remember this when Joe Burrow beat Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson didn't pressure him at all because they kept a tight end back and they schemed it that way. The coaches took it out of their hands, um, but you know we saw. Auburn seemed to feel, and obviously Mike Bobo knows infinitely more about football than me, but he seemed to feel that the way we're gonna, the way Auburn was gonna win, was to throw the ball. I guess because mm. they just gave up on running the ball, yeah. gave up on it, yeah. much like Chad Morris at South Carolina last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did that work out? Yeah, not well. But <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, they didn't they didn't try to do anything different. They tried to just just uh, play that play the game that they've been playing. And uh, yeah, like you say, going into the bye week. So let's look at Arkansas, right? Uh, you win this game, go into the bye week, maybe you can move some pieces around and s- start looking at different things and, and reevaluate to try to try to get eight or nine wins out of the season. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's the opportunity, I think, that lay bare in front of uh, Auburn football. I agree. Let's talk a little bit about this Auburn-Arkansas game. Can we just say, okay, yeah. so you mentioned you – mentioned the SEC West is wide open. Oh, no. <laughs> I should have known. Well, can we just – well, I just want to talk about how volatile the – so two weeks ago, we go down to Baton Rouge. We leave Baton Rouge, and Auburn just won a game, you know, and we knew they weren't going to beat Georgia even then. But Auburn had just won a game. Uh, Arkansas had just got crashed down to reality by Georgia. And Texas A&M was spiraling, plummeting. They had lost their second game then that week. Fast forward to this week, it's amazing how quickly the outlook has changed, how volatile it's been. Because now, all of a sudden, Auburn has a, a new slew of problems, it feels like. Arkansas has an offense, because it boat raced with Ole Miss 52-51. to 51. Mm-hmm. And, and Texas A&M is alive again. And just took down the best team in the country. Yeah, and they're not gonna. Yeah, and they're not. They're certainly not quitting on their season. And it's gonna be a a, a living, breathing team that plays Auburn later this year. A ranked one too, mm-hmm. as we thought from the beginning. But then they went down. Now they're back up again. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. what I'm saying. The outlook has been so volatile, and I I I don't know what to make of that really, other than. Um, Go win in Arkansas and get to the bye week yeah. desperately. It's like almost like a team desperately needing to get to the halftime break. Uh, get to the locker room. <laughs> I think it's and, fair. Yeah, and I don't, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in Arkansas. Like we say, we'll do our predictions here at the end of the end of the podcast. But you know, like, well, I don't know. Like we say, just get, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens again this week. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think we'll learn more about the team again. Truly, I, this time. I agree. So let's talk a little bit about this game. To me, the two keys to this game, very simple. One, we just talked about, run the ball. Auburn has looked very average and straight up very bad running the ball against Georgia, but have been pretty so-so against Georgia State and LSU, and then contain K.J. Jefferson because K.J. has made big plays and was huge in that Ole Miss game. I mean, they were a two-point conversion away from winning that thing. Sure. 
I think it comes down to those two elements. And if Auburn can't run the ball and you're asking, again, we're going back to the Penn State game when I talked about if you have Bo Nix throwing 35, 40, 45 times, generally that's not going to work out. It did work out in that LSU game, but because he just reached a whole new level of he was <laughs> seeing, yeah, yes, He was seeing things in 5D, I think. Like, it was just nuts. You're not going to get that every time. You no. have to run the ball. And even if you work him in as a running threat, you know, with design runs and, and options, crazy concept, I know. Right before what set up tanks run, a quarterback draw. Yeah. I think it's those two elements. It's it's getting the run going and not letting KJ just burn you with guys like Traylon Burks and and some of those big play guys. To me, Mm -hmm. that's going to be the key in Auburn having a chance in this one. Got to tell you, man, I don't know what to expect. And it's it's one of those – I feel like it's one of those – like 2018 was one of those years – where 2019 was crazy because Auburn just like could have won and lost literally every game they played. (laughs) But 2018 was one of those years where Auburn took care of the people they should have beat, it felt like, lost to the people they shouldn't have beat. So it's almost like I could very well see an Auburn team go up to Arkansas, okay, we can run on these guys, win the game. You know, and and maybe that's how the rest of the season plays out. Against the teams you can run on, you win. Against the teams you can't run on, you lose. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's how this plays out. I could also see Arkansas hanging 50 points again. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, I, again, uh, just just this is these are the ones where you learn, I guess. It's kind of weird that we're this far in the season, knowing very little of what to make of this football team, and more so this season. Uh, but I think it's been up and down for Auburn, and like, we, like I just keep getting hung up on, it's been up and down for everybody. The outlook has been up outside and down. of like Georgia. I mean, yeah. like really, right, right. it's it's been a select few that have not been kind right. of risers and followers. Because even Alabama before the Texas A and M game, you had that Florida game where they right. almost lost that one too. Right, right. I agree. All right, Arkansas. Yes. <laughs> Let's turn the attention to Arkansas, and we're going to throw it to another beat writer who was very nice and, and took the time to talk with us, Andrew Hutchinson. He is an Arkansas beat writer for Rivals. Had a chance to talk to him about his expectations, what he's looking for in this game, the keys from Arkansas's perspective. And for the Auburn fans that are going to make the trip, he gave us a few uh, restaurant recommendations nice. and gave us the whole package. Nice. So Let's hear what Andrew had to say. Well, Andrew, a big game coming up on Saturday. Auburn traveling to Arkansas. This Arkansas team's four and two, nearly five and one after last week's game. Just what are your thoughts on where this Arkansas team stands, and what sort of stands out about them go, coming into this Auburn game? Well, the fact that they're four and two and, and ranked in the the AP poll, and they were top ten before uh, having to go down to Georgia for uh, you know just to showdown with what might be the best team in the country. Uh, they were number eight. Considering two years ago they were 2-10 and ten and had lost like 18, 19, 20, I can't even remember how many SEC games in a row, and they just were not competitive, it's incredible. I mean, we, we saw some glimpses of it last year during the weird 2020 COVID season. They won three games, uh, could have won uh, several more. Uh, I think most people probably remember the Auburn game. Uh, probably should have been a win for Arkansas. Uh so we, we saw some glimpses, but they still went three and seven. But now this year, I think most people were thinking, hey, if this team can make a bowl game, that would be a really positive step in the right direction. And now it, it looks like not only are they going to make a bowl game, but if they can, you know, maybe beat Auburn, you, know, you still got another, you got an FCS team in the, on the schedule, maybe beat Mississippi State, maybe win at LSU. You got Missouri on the schedule. I mean, you, you could legitimately win 
you know, eight, maybe have an outside shot at nine wins. And that before the season, I said, if Arkansas won eight or nine games, Sam Pittman should be SEC coach of the year. And I stand by that. So it's really a phenomenal turnaround that, that Arkansas has had uh, in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I think you've got a good point. If they're able to keep up that success, you would think that Sam would have a really good shot at the award. Um, I, I want to ask you about K.J. Jefferson. He's been a guy that um, people really, even past just the SEC, people around the country have noticed. What have you thought of his play so far this season? What sort of stands out about what he's able to do uh, behind center? Yeah, he's he's far exceeded my expectations. I mean, I, I knew that he was – QB one, I mean, all the way. I mean, since spring ball, it, it was very obvious that he was the number one option for Arkansas. And, and I said in my preseason predictions that Arkansas will go as far as KJ will take them. And I just, I didn't have a ton of confidence in him that he was going to be able to take them, you know, into the top 25 or anything, uh, because he, he is just a, a redshirt sophomore. Uh, he had started a couple of games in spot duty his first two years. Uh, but this was his first time being the guy, first time being the full-time starter. Uh, and I was a little bit worried about it. But he is, I mean, just just not just his play on the field, but just the intangibles, the leadership that comes with being a quarterback. I mean, he was voted team captain uh, despite being a redshirt sophomore. I think that says a lot. The team really rallies around him. Uh, and then as far as, I mean, a player, he, he's dynamic. He, he throws one of the best deep balls probably in the country. I mean, statistically, if you look at pro football focus, there's only a handful of guys that are better than him on throws 20-plus yards down the field. Uh, it helps when you got a guy like Traylon Burks catching the ball, uh, but he, is, he has been really, really good throwing the ball deep. Uh, he's also really, really good with his legs. I mean, we've seen him ran for 85 yards and three touchdowns against Ole Miss. Uh, granted, that's not a, the best defense in the world, uh, but he's he's done that several times. He ha hadn't crossed the 100-yard mark yet for a single game. Uh, he should have against, I can't remember if it was Rice or Texas, one. He had a long touchdown run wiped out by a penalty that, that really didn't have an impact on the play uh, that would have put him over 100 yards. Uh, but he is, he is running the ball really, really well, and he's a physical runner. He's not a guy that's going to just – outrun you and, and avoid hits and everything he's going to lower his shoulder and and deliver a blow uh you could do that when you're 245 pounds like he is he looks quite large uh the area that he probably struggles with the most is just accuracy on those shorter throws uh, he tends to kind of sail them uh, there was a pass against uh, Ole Miss that that I mean you you could argue kind of cost in the game in that he overthrew an open receiver on a slant route in the end zone. Uh, if, if he would get to where he could complete those passes, then he would be one of the premier quarterbacks in the SEC and in the country. Until then, he's just, he's just really, really good and just incredibly exciting to watch. I was looking up some – looking at his numbers, you know, through the halfway point of the season and – uh, he's already on pace to, to be the record holder in far, as far as like yards per play, you know, when you look at his, his passes and his runs, uh, surpassing the record currently held by a guy named Ryan Mallett, who was, was pretty good. So uh, he, he is off to a really good start this season. And, and I think as the year progresses and he may be looking forward to 2022 and 2023, I think Arkansas has got something really special there. You mentioned Traylon Burks. Who are some other players, either on offense or defense, that you think uh, Auburn fans may be hearing a good bit from on Saturday? 
Yeah, Arkansas has got a really good run game, uh, and they've got four guys that legitimately are are guys that could carry the ball and, and be a solid running back for them. I mean, Traylon Smith is the the starter. Uh, he leads the team in rushing, uh, but Rocket Sanders, uh, aptly named, uh, is a, a guy that is coming off of a 139-yard performance. He's a true freshman, uh, really starting to grasp the position because he was actually originally recruited to be a receiver. And then during spring ball, when he was an early enrollee, they moved him to, to running back, doing really well there. Dominic Johnson's another running back. He's kind of the, the bruiser. Uh, he's a guy that will just run over you. He does, it takes two or three guys to bring him down to the ground. Uh, and he's also shown some pretty good quickness for a guy his size. Uh, then A.J. Green, uh, he's still kind of coming along. He, he, had some, he had an injury during fall camp that I think kind of hindered his progression or he would have you know, a lot better numbers at this point. But he has shown you know, some explosiveness with you know, a nice long touchdown run against Texas, a uh, touchdown reception against uh, Texas A&M. So he's, he's made some plays. Uh, the receiving core, you know, Warren Thompson, uh, four, former four-star recruit, transfer from Florida State, has that was kind of his coming out party against Ole Miss. Uh, looked really, really good. He continues to progress as he learns the playbook, things like that. Um, he's probably the uh, top guy. Other, you know, Tyson Morris is also a guy that can catch passes really at a really uh, high rate. You know, he's a former walk-on that has exceeded anyone's expectations. Uh, so that's probably the, the main people on offense. You know, defensively, you know, it, it all starts with that linebacker core. Uh, it's, it's an unheralded group, you know, in terms of, you know, Grant Morgan. He was an All-American last year. He's a former walk-on. Um, Hayden Henry, he was a, a guy that was a blue shirt, started as a non-scholarship guy, two-star recruit. Uh, he's also, you know, a starter back there and plays well. Uh, Bumper Poole, he was actually a four-star recruit. Uh, he, he comes off the bench and rotates with those guys, uh, plays a lot of snaps. Those guys need to play well for the defense to work. Um, then, you know, up front, defensive line-wise, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do, whether they go with a three-man front or a four-man front. They, they've tried the three-man front uh, last couple of weeks. It has not gone well, as Ole Miss and Georgia have ran for about 600 yards combined. Uh, they've just torched them on the ground, and so – it, Sam Pittman has said some changes are coming there, uh, but the key player up there is, is probably you know one of two transfers. You know Trey Williams at defensive end. He's a guy that that really dominated in the Texas A&M game. Has not played up to that level the last two weeks, but he's got the potential to do that. Uh, you're really going to need somebody to you know help set the edge and, and kind of contain Bo Nix, and and that could be the guy to do it. And then John uh, Ridgeway, a big defensive tackle. Uh, transfer from the FCS ranks from Illinois State, just a mountain of a man, 6'6", 320, and just super strong. Uh, he played really, really well earlier in the season, hasn't quite flashed as well as he did like against Texas, uh, but has still been a steady force there in the middle of the, the defensive line. And then on the back end, you got to talk about Jalen Catalan. He hasn't played as well as he did last year, uh, I think it's partly because he's been banged up. He's had some injuries off and on. Now he's playing with a broken hand, so he has a cast on it. Probably cost him an interception against Ole Miss. It also could have changed uh, the trajectory of that game. Uh, but he's a guy, he's he's a headhunter. Uh, he's probably got kind of a bad reputation, you know, amongst like the officials because anytime he hits someone hard, he's going to draw that targeting flag. Uh, been ejected a couple of times, but he also just, he he plays really, really well. Haven't quite seen that to the fullest, you know, level of what we expected so far. 
but I feel like it's going to eventually flash and, and he's going to make a big play that, that helps Arkansas because he's probably their best, you know, pro prospect on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at Saturday's game, Andrew, what are the keys in your mind from Arkansas's perspective? And if you feel like giving a prediction, by all means, have at it. Yeah, it, it, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I I feel like Arkansas is going to come out ready to go. I would, you know, from an Arkansas perspective, you probably wish it wasn't an 11 a.m. kickoff, so that way, you know, the fans could have a little bit more time to, to get amped up and ready to go. Um, but I, I feel like the the key is going to be. Uh, can Arkansas stop the the Auburn run running rushing attack? I mean, they, they haven't been able to stop the run the last two weeks. I mean, they've just run all over them. And I think everyone knows Tank Bigsby is a stud. Jarquez Hunter has played really, really well so far this year. Can they stop those guys? And then can they contain Bo Nix? I mean, he's, he's a playmaker. He, he's not exactly the most accurate passer in the world. I don't think he's completing, but like 57% of his passes, something like that. But – can't but he makes plays I mean there, there's no denying it. I mean we all saw what he did against LSU so can you contain him can you keep him from hurting you with with his legs Matt Corral really hurt him with his legs you know uh, Stetson Bennett uh, the former walk-on at Georgia uh, he he made a few key plays with his legs although he didn't really necessarily have to in that game uh, but that that's going to be the key in my opinion is can Arkansas uh, contain the run game, and whether that be with a three-man front or a four-man front, I'm not sure what Barry Odom's going to draw up, but I think that's going to be the key. As far as a prediction, you know, I, I'm, I'm still torn on this. You know, I, I could see this game going either way. I, I'll probably pick Arkansas. I think Arkansas plays really well at home, and that's probably going to be the difference. If this game was down at Auburn, I, I would maybe lean toward the Tigers, but uh, I like Arkansas's chances in this game. I think they're going to try to really put those, you know, back-to-back losses behind them and get back on their winning ways, you know, ahead of, you know, they got an FCS team next week and then a bye week. So uh, I feel like if this is a really big game at the end of a just brutal stretch, uh, if I was really kind of hoping that Auburn would stay in the top 25 of the AP poll because it would have been the first time in school history that Arkansas has played, you know, four straight top 25 showdowns. Because uh, they had, you know, Texas A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss, and now Auburn, and then throw in Texas a, a couple of weeks before Texas A&M, and it would have been the fifth ranked opponent in six games for Arkansas. Uh, as is, it's it's just outside of the top twenty-five, so it's still a, a heck of a matchup for Arkansas. Uh, they are, in fact, you know, favored, you know, as far as Vegas is concerned. First time they've been favored over an SEC team, and I don't know since the. Clinton administration, something like that. So uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they handle, you know, kind of the, the pressure of being the, the favorite this Saturday. But I think Arkansas has enough to pull it out. But, it, again, it wouldn't surprise me if it goes either way. I'm sort of like you, Andrew. I've kind of gone back and forth. I really do think no matter who wins, I think it's going to be a pretty competitive game. Um, before I let you get out of here, uh, tell me, you know, for fans, there probably be some Auburn fans who make this trip to Fayetteville. Um, restaurants or things to see, anything that you might recommend for the people that uh, are coming for the game on Saturday? Yeah, there's a few restaurants I, that come to mind. You know, Catfish Hole is, is one that uh, people like to, to talk about for, for Fayetteville. That's actually where Arkansas, whenever they've got official visitors, recruits in town, that's where they take them to go eat. Uh, you know, Herman's is, is pretty good. Um, I think there's some other places that, that are escaping me right now, but 
Uh, I, I feel like it, you, you've got plenty of options. That's a good thing about Fayetteville. Plus, uh, not just Fayetteville, but if you go up north, if you go up north on the interstate a little bit to, to Bentonville, Rogers, uh, there's lots of stuff to do up there. I mean, if you like, you know, if you like culture and stuff, you know, there's a, the Crystal Bridges Museum up in Bentonville that's uh, funded by the Waltons uh, of Walmart fame. Uh, pretty, pretty cool if you're into that kind of stuff. So uh, lots of stuff to do and, and lots of places to eat. Uh, it's unfortunate, though, that the, the game is an 11 a.m. kickoff, but maybe you can get, go watch the game and then go find somewhere to eat for dinner afterwards. No doubt. Well, Andrew, I appreciate the time. Let everybody know where they can follow you. And uh, if you know what stories you're working on this week, what they can be looking out for. Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at NWA Hutch. It's Northwest Arkansas Hutch. Um, and then you can also find all my work at hogbeat.com. That's the Arkansas Rivals site. Uh, got lots of content coming up. Uh, I'm actually working on a story now about uh, Arkansas's defense. As I mentioned earlier, it's, it's not exactly played very well the last two weeks after being, you know, one of the best units in college football the first four weeks. Uh, so uh, what kind of what's going wrong there and what kind of changes may be made, uh, that's, that's something I'm working on as we speak, actually. And then uh, so several other pieces I've got plans coming up, maybe a midseason report card, things like that. Uh, lot, lots of stuff uh, this, this time of year, Net, staying busy with uh, your know, baseball scrimmages going on and, and basketball red-white games coming up. It's a, it's a busy time of year. No doubt about it. Well, Andrew, I appreciate you taking some time during this busy time uh, to talk, and I'm sure I'll probably see you on Saturday. Yeah, sounds good. Looking forward to it. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to bring back our the real experts. Jerk. Jake Weiss is with us. Jordan, for the Jerston, Jerk. Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> So we're going to go back to the picks. I'll have to look and do a better job next week. I'm in first. We'll see. Jake's barely got Lee for second, so it's close, and we still got a few weeks left to go. So we're going to start with high school games. Better, baby. Auburn High at Smith Station. Auburn High, I'm going to put that in as a lock. Auburn High for sure. Auburn High, the baby Tigers. Central Phoenix City at Dothan, another lock. Central's going to roll over the Wolves. I'll take Central. Central will win. They've already clinched the region. Has Auburn High clinched second place? Probably. They're probably close if they have not. They'll they'll do it with the win. Eufaula at Russell County. This could be a pretty competitive game. I want to go with Russell County at home. Yeah, same. Russell County at home. It'll be a close game, though. Will Russell County bounce back? How'd they do Friday? I don't remember. They lost to Oplock They lost to Lanier. Oh, Thursday. man, they're going two straight losses. Back at home, though. I'm picking Russell County to bring it back. Valley at Opelika. Opelika is going to win this one and, and take care of region play. Yeah, Opelika is going to win, and they'll clinch. So. Clinching region, region 2-6A with the title. Another competitive game in the area, Elmore County at Beauregard. Could go either way. I'm going to go with the hometown Ooh. Beauregard Hornets. Go with the Hornets as well. I'm going to go Elmore County. i got to catch ground yeah, somehow. Yeah, we got to make up some space. <laughs> Tallahassee at Hopeful. I'm going to go with Tallahassee and our guy Jalen Daniels. Gonna be a close one. I'll go Tallahassee though. Which team has Jalen Daniels? Tallahassee. Beulah at Goshen. I'm going with Beulah. Goshen. Beulah. It could go either way. <laughs> we got some disagree. All the right. big rivalry in the area. Real Ooh, Town at Dadeville. Boy. I went back and forth. I'm going with Roger McDonald and the Dadeville Tigers. Yo! Make that to Dadeville. Whoa, I'm going with Real Town. Real Town kept it close with Trinity. They're a sleeper team. They're ready. They're ready. Lafette at Fayetteville. I'm going to go with Lafette. 
Lafayette. Lafayette Bulldogs on the road. They got an offense, man. It, it kind of comes and goes, but they have an offense. Otagaville at Lochipoca. This is another one I kind of went back and forth on. Ultimately, I'm going with Lochipoca. Lochipoca's at home. Give me Lochipoca. Give me Poca. You don't just walk into Lochipoca Stadium. Tell them. Expect a victory. Tell them. Oklahoma State at Texas. Texas is back. Okay, cool. Hook them. I'm torn. Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy. Going to get the win. <gasps> I'm torn because Texas let me down last week. Let it so roll, I baby. was pretty sure they were going to – well, see, so my my conventional thinking would be Texas is way down, and this is the game they lose because they lost to Oklahoma. But you know if it's like, like the hook em, They get beat up. twice. It's up. I'll go with Texas. There you go. Kentucky at Georgia. Georgia, I think, is going to win this. Game. Tell us about it, Jake Weiss. I'm wearing blue. <gasps> I'm wearing blue for a reason. Oh, my God. I didn't want to pick – the smart bet is Georgia. But I'll is tell it? you, it is. Okay. I think so. They're at home. Yeah. But – between the Kentucky's hedges. fearless. They have <gasps> a quarterback that eats bananas. He eats the whole banana. Oh, yeah. He eats can, the whole banana. You can find that on YouTube. It's disgusting. He puts mayonnaise in coffee. That's weird. That's also very weird. <laughs> but it's on the internet. You can find this. Pretty sure it's on TikTok. Is he going to do it, Jake? So Kentucky's fearless. So give me Kentucky. Oh, my God. He did it. Outright. Kentucky covers. Georgia wins the football game. That's right. <laughs> NC State at Boston You're College. <laughs> yes. Boston College is my pick. NC State. Didn't NC State beat Clemson? No, they lost. Not no. no. Wait, no, no. NC Boston State. Yeah, NC State won. Boston College lost by six. Clemson. So Transitive right. property. NC State wins. Then that makes sense. Ole Miss at Tennessee. The Lane Kiffin Bowl. I want to pick Tennessee, but I'm going with Ole Miss. Give me Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. The game. Yeah, ladies and gents. Oof, boy. Auburn at Arkansas. I'll be honest. I went back and forth. I'm going to pick Auburn by three. Auburn 35, Arkansas 28. It'll be a close one, though. I think Arkansas is going to be pretty fired up because they're at home and also because of what happened last year's game. Uh, ooh, yeah. Good point. That was, I forgot all about last year's game. Uh, I would say I've gone back and forth, but I haven't really thought about it enough. Uh, I'm picking Arkansas at home. I think – I think it'll be tough for Auburn, and maybe they'll prove something. You know, once again, I pick, <laughs> I'm the least out of us because I picked Auburn to beat Penn State, and I picked Auburn to lose to LSU. Mm-hmm. So I've been very bad at picking Auburn so, so far. So if you're an Auburn year. fan, you should be you should very be happy, very excited, very, very happy excited. But I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick Arkansas by four or six, uh, one score game. But uh, I think, I think the Razorbacks have something brewing up there. So we'll see. And and by that token, if Auburn goes up there and wins, I'll be impressed. I agree. I think it's going to be a very good game either way. Let's get out of here. Appreciate our, our buddy Jake coming back on. Pickens, Kentucky! With the Wildcats! Very gutsy pick. I think Georgia was a smart pick, though. I want that to remember. <laughs> okay. Putting out that disclaimer. <laughs> what does that mean? We're going to wrap it up here for Justin Lee. I'm Jordan Hill. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Until next time, take care.